Hi, welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Today, I am going to be having a conversation with Tiffany Feingold, and Tiffany is the owner of Guiding Bright Minds, and she is also an accomplished business leader with over 22 years of experience in healthcare and education. She has an extensive background in sales, account management, and leadership. In 2020, Tiffany and her husband, Kyle Feingold, founded Guiding Bright Minds, a community of educators, professionals, nonprofits, and parents who are dedicated to helping guide and educate parents of neurodivergent children on their journey. Tiffany's motivation and passion for Guiding Bright Minds stems from her journey as a parent of a neurodivergent child and spouse to a neurodivergent husband. So I hope you will join me in welcoming Tiffany Feingold to the podcast today. And now we will just jump right in with our questions. Tiffany, I would love for you to tell us about Guiding Bright Minds. What what are your main goals behind Guiding Bright Minds? Yeah, so our main goals is to create a community um, that supports the neurodiverse children. And what I mean by community is it's the coming together of parents, professionals, educators, nonprofits. And how do we work collaboratively to really support our children? And through that process of guiding bright minds, I wanted to create that community that connects. The first aspect was connecting parents with vetted and qualified professionals. Then the second is education. Um, There's so much to learn. What is autism? What is autism spectrum disorder? What is ADHD, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, um, executive function deficits, sensory processing? There's so much to know and there's so much out there. So the second key aspect was education. And the third thing is unite. How do we unite parents together to work collaboratively in supporting their children and not just even working together, it's just meeting other neurodivergent, you know, parents of neurodivergent children Mm -hmm. um, because they understand the journey. So connecting with professionals, educating, and then uniting. Mm, I really love those goals. And I actually see so much value in the goals that you've created. I know as a parent of multiple neurodivergent children myself, that there have been many times that I thought if I could just get my hands on a solid resource for A or B or C, but I don't really know where to go. And I've Googled all the things (laughs) But I don't know who I'm looking at or what their qualifications may be or and or many of the things that we think about as a parent before we start setting up um, therapies and various practices for our children. So I love that you're creating this network for parents. I think there's such value there. And helping parents, too. And thank you for saying that, because, you know, how do you find, and you spend countless hours, not only, especially right after a diagnosis, there's so much going on anyway, where you're overwhelmed, you're exhausted, you're not sure how you process that diagnosis, what that means, what that looks like. So you're going through almost a grieving process and that you're not sure what to understand, how to navigate a system that's so large and so vast, and you're left kind of in the dark. So that's why we wanted, you know, this one place that parents can go to find some of those tools and resources 
while they're in the state of just being overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Of processing what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have felt that many, many times. In fact, just on a personal note, it's interesting because I am a mom of two autistic children and I have three children that have ADHD. And just recently, one of my children was diagnosed with dyslexia, but that was new for me. And so I thought, I don't know where to start with this. I I can do autism. I can do ADHD. Um, I'm familiar with where to go and what to do, but dyslexia was new. And so I've been in the process of creating new resources for that. And it's time consuming and overwhelming. So I just love, love, love what you are working towards here. And I want to know what inspired you to start Guiding Bright Minds? Well, I'm married. It's twofold, really. I'm actually married to somebody who is neurodivergent. So um, he is dyslexic and ADHD. And so I've heard him talk about the struggles, talk about that one teacher in fifth grade, you know, as he's trying to mask and fit in, you know, all through elementary school, knowing he's having a hard time reading and nobody's catching it, nobody's understanding. And then he had that one teacher that said, you know, and and called him stupid in front of the class. You are that stupid kid and crushing to somebody at that age. So I've seen his struggles, even as an adult, just overcome some of those insecurities that obviously, you know, began when he was, you know, in elementary school and early on. And that's sad to me as a spouse, but I didn't understand or know what that felt like. And then when we had our son, um, it it happened early on when he was just three and a half, he was getting kicked out of daycare and swim lessons and soccer and any of those places where it was overwhelming, um, so much stimulation going on, so much happening to him from that standpoint that it, it, it took me a while to think about how do I help him? And then we enrolled him in a half-day kindergarten. And in that half-day kindergarten, he was in the principal's office every day. Mm-hmm. And so as a parent, you kind of get that gut reaction of, you know, I knew early on there's something unique. He, he processed things differently, how he responds to things, you know, whether it's rewards to or consequences, how he just developed through that was interesting. He's our only and first child. So it's not like I had something to compare to, but you just know. And so that inspired me because seeing what my husband went through. And so he started actually a company that focuses on executive function skills um, and helping kids find their strengths and also advocate for their learning style and understanding their learning style. And so he's been doing that for 17 years. And as a professional, he saw the gap too, because of the families that he's worked with, because of talking to so many kids about what's going on in their daily struggles at school um, and with friends and social and emotional. And so then seeing my son going through that and, and seeing what Kyle felt that there was a gap in the system to help parents. And I had a lot of tools and resources. I knew a lot of professional psychologists and I was still struggling. So I'm like, how 
do other parents do this Mm -hmm. and get through this? And so that's where we decided to let parents know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many of us going through this all at the same time. And how do we support and get you that level of education, get you that network of professionals that are vetted. I personally meet with every one of them. Why are you doing what you're doing? How are you helping parents? And I want to make sure that just because also too, there is this vetted qualified directory doesn't mean that everyone's a good fit either. One of the things that we want to help parents understand is, you know, uncovering what they feel the services their child needs. And sometimes I know in the beginning, you don't know that, but there's a way in which to interview also providers. You have to see at least three, interview at least three providers, at least three schools, whatever it is, uh, pediatricians especially, Mm -hmm. um, to find out what their experience is in working with the neurodivergent population, mm-hmm. how are they can communicate it? So many questions uh, surrounding that. And so my inspiration was, you know, my son and seeing his struggles and wanting to support other parents and working together. And I know I'm going to say the word community a lot, but I genuinely mean that. So many people do great work in silos and I want to break those silos to say, let's all, Um, come together to say our kids need support. And I don't care if it's neurodivergent or neurotypical, all of us need to work collectively together because all of our children are unique. All of our children learn differently. And so that's so crucial just to recognizing that. And, you know, because I'm a mom, I'm going to speak to moms too. And moms, let's just give grace and support each other too. When you see a mom in a park, you know, or at a grocery store or wherever it is who who may be struggling, how can we help and show kindness and support? Um, And that's always big for me. That's big for me too. And everything you said from beginning to middle to end, I just am so connecting with all of, all of the thoughts that you're sharing. And I think there's, I think there's a need and I love that you're here to help fill that need. And I do want to circle back really quickly because you mentioned your husband's business and I just want to do a super fast plug for him because there are so many parents that need help teaching their child executive functioning skills. And so Tiffany and I did not plan this plug in advance. But I just feel like it's really a valuable resource. So tell me what your husband's company is called. It's called Results Learning. Mm -hmm. And yes, so Results Learning. Okay. And how could someone get a hold or find Results Learning um, on their own? Yes. So you go to www.results-learning.com. Okay. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And now we will turn our focus back to guiding bright minds, (laughs) which is what you do and what I have fallen in love with. And I just want to ask you, have you seen, well, I guess I'll rephrase that. What benefits have you seen from connecting parents to one another and to potential high quality resources? 
Oh, you know what? I think it's life-changing, to be honest with you. Um, first, let's talk to that parent-to-parent connection, caregiver to caregiver. It has so changed my life because as I have learned, and I love my friends um, who don't have or have, who have neurotypical children, but mm-hmm. the ones that I've created that have neurodivergent children have supported me in ways that I couldn't have even known at the time. Um, and so that's why I highly encourage it because as you're talking about some of those issues and situations and school experiences and friend experiences, they know firsthand what that's like. And that heartbreaking kind of devastation that you feel because just like any parent, you just want your child to be happy. You want them to succeed. You want them um, to be understood and to be accepted and not to just be looked at for their behaviors, which is hard not to not look at because that's what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my son pushing a child into a pond or locking sure. him in the shed, which has happened, or stabbing him with a pencil. And the parent of, of all of those were parents because their child was also neurodivergent and they actually hugged me because they knew I was just you know, breaking inside because, you know, we don't want our children to do that. And it's hard to understand that. And so what I ask people is like, do you really think from the lens of that third grader or that sixth grader, that eighth grader walks in and wants to be disruptive, that they want that negative attention, that they want people to not like them and to make the comments like my husband's fifth grade teacher of you're stupid. Do you think my husband didn't want to read? And so opening the lens to having more conversations with people who get it and understand and support where, you know, again, that parent hugged me and if they weren't neurodivergent, they would have looked at me like, well, how are you disciplining your child? You're not disciplining them enough. Um, they're not, they're lazy. They don't care. They're not doing this. You know, they just want to be disruptive. And that's unfortunate. And it's those words it's those stereotypes, it's those stigmas that are so destructive for these innocent children that truly just want to be accepted and understood. And that's why that importance of creating this community of uniting and finding friends. And I've had parents tell me, well, they don't want their kids to hang around neurodivergent children. And that's heartbreaking when they are their child themselves is neurodivergent because well, how's that friendship? And I asked them, well, you you want friends. They don't have friends. Maybe it's because they are neurotypical and they're not understanding. Maybe it's because those parents don't get the behaviors, don't get those impulses. So allow yourself, you know, the opportunity to find those that are in the same boat that do get that and understand. And I agree. I mean, this is why, you know, we want a community that understands so the neurotypicals and neurodivergence can work together and, and, and understand certain behaviors, certain things that they see that might not be what quotes, I'm doing quotes, everyone normal. And I can't <laughs> the normal term because there is no normal. Mm-hmm. We're all unique. 
Um, and then the second part of your question, and sorry, I don't want to take too long, but interacting with, you know, qualified providers, it's so important. And in that level of understanding, but knowing also too, as I mentioned earlier, that not everyone the first time is going to be necessarily the right fit. It's so important to dissect what are your three non-negotiables when looking for a provider, you know, and I, and I tell people, it's like, if you're looking for a house, you know, you need to have, you know, your house faced in a certain way. So you're not shoveling during the winter, <laughs> or, you know, you have to have a fireplace or a three card or what when you're talking about your child, what are your three non-negotiables that the provider has to have in order to best support your child and think through that um, and then connect with the right ones. Well, I love that you mentioned that. And I will just say that I didn't know what my three non-negotiables were in the beginning. Yeah. So I like that part of what you do is educate parents. And when you talk to parents about that, I think it's so great to say, and here's, here are some experiences because now having a 20 year old autistic daughter, I can tell you that if I could go back, she was diagnosed at age 14. And if I could go back and redo some of those therapies that we did before her diagnosis, I would say I require a therapist who understands neurodivergence and what that means and why it's different and what makes it unique and who's also neurodivergent affirming and that it's okay to be neurodivergent. And I would say someone who also has the ability to connect with my child. So if I'm looking at those top three, those would be my top three. But when I started out, my top three were, are the, what's their education? What's their background? And can they connect with my child? Connection was always um, something that I looked for, but I didn't understand that there was such a high value in therapists that um, also understand what neurodivergence is. And so that came from experience. And I love that you can help parents walk through that and say, what am I looking for? How do I even find that? And then you say, well, look at these resources I have assembled for you. And let me send you, let me send you to some potential possibilities for your child. And so I love that you've kind of taken the guesswork out of it for parents. There's fear in that for parents too, and it can feel very isolating. Yeah. And trusting your gut too, to some extent, you know, and I just want to reiterate because especially with pediatricians, you know, there's not a lot of, and especially when you think about neurodivergence, just, I mean, it's been around obviously for a long time, but really just getting um, to the forefront of so many conversations mm -hmm. that I've heard so many time and time again, in my own experience with pediatricians who, who, aren't taught about neurodivergence in schools. That's not a part of their programming. Well, I did have one tell me that it was an hour course um, <laughs> that was an elective that, that, that they could attend or not attend, a one hour course. So be cautious too from all angles of what you're looking at. And the first non-negotiable is, is their understanding, their experience, and their work with the neurodivergent population. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do feel that something is unique and different about your child, 
be sure to consistently and be persistent in getting to the right people who hear you and listen. Because mm-hmm. time and time again, I've heard so many people say it was just dismissed. They're going to catch up. They're going to learn to read. They're going to do this. It's just their age. They're just a boy. And all of these excuses and the earlier we can get a diagnosis and the earlier you can get intervention is so impactful on that trajectory of what that experience is for that child in school, socially and in life. It it Mm -hmm. truly impacts. It really does. And I love that you're sharing that message. It's such an important message for parents to hear. And I, I want to ask you. From your experiences, what words of wisdom could you share with other parents raising a neurodivergent child? Oh, you know, the first one and probably the last thing that any parent thinks about is taking care of yourself. Give yourself. And and be give you be graceful for yourself, mm-hmm. but and it's so hard, and I get it to do. But if we are not in a state of mind, in a frame set, added area where we can be the best that we can be to show up for our child in the best, and that does take self care. I started um, meditating two minutes. Two minutes is all, you know, or walk around the block or just, you know, locking yourself in your bedroom for a short period of time or when they're asleep, you know, listen to that favorite song or just starting off small, but truly take care of yourself. Give yourself time to process the feelings and emotions, Um, whether again, therapy, support group, trusted friends, family members. And if you have an opportunity, ask people to help out. Like, hey, can you watch my child for 20 minutes? Partner with neighbors. And again, I'm working on building a more cohesive support group for parents. And I'm actually working on implementing that. We've only been launched for two years. So as we look at the next one, my my focus 100% this year is on that parent support to find that trusted to say, you know what, I need to go to the grocery store and I just need to do it. But don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to tell people you know, where you are in that situation. But that's probably the first thing is trust yourself and be your best advocate for your child through those, you know, growth and development. And I do want to to, to comment, you had mentioned, you know, the, the comorbidity of finding out later about the dyslexia, because that's happened so many times. Is also just because you have one diagnosis, there's so much else that's probably going on with our kids, you know, and it's not that I want to have, you know, a hundred diagnosis, not at all, but, but just make sure that if that is being, you know, addressed, but if something else is coming up to not also put that to the wayside, but really listen to the child your child about how they're struggling along. If your child talks, mine doesn't. So it's not to pull anything out of them. But when yes. you get that feeling or you uncover, but just but just allow that to, to happen and mm-hmm. and easily happen for you and your child. Oh I or appreciate children. yes, yes, child or children. Um I appreciate all the things that you said, but I am kind of focused on that last 
that that you shared about comorbid diagnosis, which, by the way, whoever made up the word comorbid, they could have found a better term for that. (laughs) But but it is that's what exists. So that's what we use. Essentially, I I just want to kind of talk to that point, because my oldest daughter, who always gives me permission to talk about her, my other children, not quite as much, a little here and there, but she, you know, she was initially diagnosed with clinical anxiety. And I knew that was true, but I could also see a lot of issues with seams and textures and smells and all the things. And I did not understand what was going on. I honestly thought I just wasn't doing a good job as a parent and that my child was non-compliant, which I kind of hate that term. But as a parent, you're like, what am I doing wrong? Why is this always a struggle? And then going way back to the beginning of our conversation, when you talk about educating parents and creating support groups and finding other parents who understand neurodivergence, my husband and I, we had a Super Bowl party many, many years ago. And my oldest daughter and one of the families that we invited, they had a child and they got after each other. (laughs) And it was physical. And my child scratched their child and the mom came and and so I removed my child and she removed her child and the mom came and said it's okay I get it and I actually have a book that I think you would find really interesting and she sent me a book on sensory processing disorder I didn't know what it was and so there was support and there was also education. And then that led to further diagnosis because going back to comorbid diagnostics and experiences, that led to an autism diagnosis. I didn't even know that that's what that could be, that that those various diagnosis of sensory processing disorder and severe anxiety and also OCD. And I didn't know that those could fall under the umbrella of autism. You don't know what you don't know. And so the, the resources have such value. And even though my daughter was 14, I felt sick that it had taken so long initially. But what I had recognized is I had been getting her occupational therapy. I had been doing some of the therapies that did help her in the long run. um, And I was grateful for that. But sometimes on days when we struggle, I think, I wonder if (laughs) we had known sooner. I try not to do that often because it's zero helpful. But on days where I struggle, um, sometimes I, I guess what I do with that thought is encourage other parents to not to not procrastinate to just get in there and we weren't procrastinating we just weren't going to doctors that understood neurodivergence and what it could look like so that is my personal story I'm kind of tying all the things that you talked about together through my daughter's experiences and the experiences we had together as a family and so I think that this is why I connect so deeply with the business that you have created, which is Guiding Bright Minds, and why I feel it's so useful and beneficial to parents to share what you do so that they can also reach out and 
be connected with resources that can benefit them and benefit their child in the long run. So having said all of that, I want to ask you, how can parents find you? How do they get a hold of you? Where do they go? Great question. So we're on all the social media platforms. Um, we post a lot of events, information out there, um, different things. So you can find me on LinkedIn, social, or Facebook, um, Instagram. And my website is um, www.guidingbrightminds.com. And let me share with you my email too, because again, my passion is helping parents directly. So it's Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, my last initial F at guidingbrightminds.com. So mm-hmm. Tiffany F at guidingbrightminds.com. Also on our website, we have a place for ask a question to inquire about things. So you can reach me through that. And like I said, we are, you know, just on year two and I'm focused on really building that community with parents, whether in person or zoom, but how do we just collaborate and support each other together? through this journey, because I've learned from you and your story, Michelle. I mean, that's where just sharing what we've done personally, you know, and that experience with my son and he's just nine. So, I mean, we have a long way to go, but every day is something new. Every day is something different. It's just figuring it out together and working through that. Mm, I love that. I love that you're using words like together and community and network. And I just really appreciate you being here with me today, Tiffany Feingold. I had to use her full name so that listeners will remember. (laughs) So I really appreciate you being here with me today. Thank you for having me. And thank you for what you're doing and putting this podcast together. I appreciate it. Oh, it's really my pleasure. This is a passion project and I I love it. So for those of you that are listening, you can also follow me on Instagram at navigating.the.spectrum. Thanks for joining. <laughs>